Hi, what's up everybody? This is Chris. I'm just going to dive right into the chapter one of Conflict Equals Energy, the Transformative Practice of Authentic Relating by Jason Diggs. I started with the beginning of part one last episode and sort of nerded out on the free PDF that's available through the Authentic Relating website. I highly suggest every single person that's listening to this go check it out. And uh, you can go www.authrev.com to find uh, what I'm referring to. It's free. Sign up for their emails and you'll get this amazing PDF that will give you all the tools that you need to get started on I feel like I'm I like they're paying me for this. They're totally not. I'm not getting any money for this whatsoever. It just had such a profound impact on me that I feel like I had to share this with people. So I'm not getting any money for this at all. Uh, if you do want to support this podcast or the other podcast I've been devoting quite a bit of time and energy to, which is Solving Everything, which I'm pretty sure... <laughs> you'll love. It's ridiculous. It's fun. It's deep. We are armchair experts uh, about all kinds of things from sports to culture to government to raising kids. We have discussions. We disagree. It gets messy. We love each other. We listen as best we can. We tell funny stories. Anyways, if you want to support that, you can go to patreon.com backslash solving everything. I'm not going to lie, I've been a little, um, let's say absent in caring for the Patreon page, but I promise you I'm going to get back on it and there will be more content uploaded there soon. Okay, here we go. Chapter one, polarity. Conflict is really what sharpens our ability to love. That's a quote from John Gottman. Which is better, day or night? Which would you choose to have all the time? If you're a little confused, you're on the right track. These questions make little sense because the phases of night and day are drastically different. Night and day are polar opposites, yet equally essential to life as we know it. Light and dark, cold and hot, stillness and movement. Life on this planet is the way it is because of these polarities. To ask you to choose which is better is tantamount to asking you to choose a different universe altogether. By definition, neither pole would exist without the other, and we as humans could not exist without them both. How about deciding between compassion or truth, or authenticity and belonging? Again, there can be no clear best answer here. Yet as humans, we are asked to choose and prioritize values all the time, and we certainly have judgments about other people's values. These judgments are a main source of our tension with each other. Embracing polarity can help us be more open to considering the values of those around us, even when we don't agree with those values, let alone understand or appreciate them. Wrestling with polarity, paradox, and nuance is essential to human life for us to coexist and thrive together. We avoid developing this relational skill at our own peril, though it is admittedly difficult to manage that kind of emotional complexity. We can think of a polarity as two interdependent concepts or values that seem in opposition at first glance, but truly balance 
and are at the heart of one another. The practice of authentic relating embraces both sides of any polarity. This is a fundamental element of the practice. Once we can learn the art of being able to hold or appreciate multiple perspectives, a tremendous amount of relational power and energy become available. The title of this book, Conflict Equals Energy, comes from this concept. It is a sign of cognitive strength to be able to hold seemingly contradictory facts in one's mind at the same time. It is a sign of emotional strength to hold both sides of a disagreement with a loved one as valuable. And it is a sign of personal mastery to be able to stretch our minds and hearts to hold multiple perspectives in the face of conflict. In practical terms, authentic relating teaches us to speak and hear uncomfortable truths without blowing up our relationships. In other words, we develop the skill of being our fullest, most authentic selves while still respecting others, even when their beliefs and perspectives may differ. This ability to value both our own view and the views of others is a key that unlocks the door to a more fulfilling life. Mastery of a skill set takes practice, and this crucial capacity to navigate polarity is no exception. This book shares practices and tools to help us incorporate the fundamentals of conscious communication into our lives and charts a path for us to master these skills. Conflict is an opportunity. AR allows us to uncover the nature of that opportunity, to truly know ourselves and others by exploring the needs and values underneath our differing perspectives. If we seek to better understand both our own values and those of others during the more challenging aspects of a relationship, we have the chance to harness the energy of conflicting perspectives. As we grow to cherish the experience of connection, clarity, and cooperation that are the fruits of our truth-telling, we increasingly find the courage to bring our authentic truth forward. We come to learn that the payoff is worth the risk and effort because through this approach, we get to be ourselves fully and be in close connection. Navigating Conflict Using Polarity Next time a conflict arises in your life, practice the following. Pause. Slow down. Start to ask questions such as, how might both of us be correct here? What is beyond right and wrong in this situation? How can I integrate these two perspectives into something that takes into account both of our values? Can I stay open to this person even if I don't like what is happening? Can I stay connected to my perspective without using it to attack another person's. The reason many of us are poor at handling our conflicts is that it requires us, in a sense, to go against thousands of years of evolution. We are neurobiologically wired to protect ourselves against threat or loss. When we feel our emotional territory is threatened, we tend to react, and usually with strong emotions. We may shut down our empathy, get defensive, or even preemptively attack. Short, exploratory questions like the sample questions suggested above can help us skillfully navigate conflict. Instead of putting our attention into defending ourselves, the practice of AR teaches us to respond by looking at our own somatic or bodily cues 
as we ask these types of questions and we notice what happens in our body, emotions, and thoughts, more space is created inside of us. The simple practice of noticing is fundamental to authentic relating. When we practice getting in touch with our bodies in moments of conflict or stress, we become more somatically grounded and embodied. The word embodied literally means including the body. It is so central to AR that it will be our focus in the next chapter. Remember, conflict equals energy. When there are differences, it only means there is more juice to work with, more energy to move us toward our goals in life. Harnessing this energy of polarity is where the practice of authentic relating can begin to really open up. AR power tool. Can we slow down? This simple question is one of the most important tools in the AR toolbox, especially when tense moments arise in our close relationships. Under stress, our nervous systems tend to reactively speed up, a natural response to fear or threat. This adrenal activation, sometimes described as adrenaline spike or being triggered, primes reactive and potentially harmful responses. This is why slowing down is such an essential tool in AR. Doing so gives us time to explore possibilities beyond our automatic conditioning. Authentic relating doesn't necessarily heal those places that cause unhelpful communication and relationship patterns. That would be the realm of counseling and psychotherapy. But in a potentially more elegant and often much quicker way, AR simply puts new options on the relational menu. A state of being activated or triggered is also when our generosity and compassion for others can be at their lowest. Sometimes both people in a situation may be interacting from an activated nervous system. In cases like this, we are very likely to see some fireworks and not the good kind. Intense conversations, simply slowing down and taking a few breaths or asking a few collaborative questions can work wonders. Try these open-hearted questions the next time you find yourself in conflict. Can we slow down? Can we sit down and give this the attention it deserves? I need to slow down. Would you be willing to take a few breaths with me? Avoid saying things like, you need to slow down. Calm down. You should take some time to cool off. These latter statements are laced with control dynamics that can further inflame the current conflict. On the other hand, can we slow down invites collaboration and shared accountability. Dignity and humility. My perspective and yours, two directions life will use, steering us towards truth. One of the most important polarities we work with in AR is that between dignity and humility. Dignity is the quiet strength and presence that comes when we have access to our voice and our truth and can speak these freely. Humility is the receptivity and grace that comes from knowing that we always have something to learn from others. Both are necessary components of the wisdom we admire in many leaders. Is Bishop Desmond Tutu dignified or humble? How about Gandhi or Thich Nhat Hanh? In truth, it's not one or the other. Leaders capable of creating peace and unity wherever they go deeply embody the qualities of both dignity and humility. 
To remain dignified in a conflict means that no matter how open and receptive we are to another, our own inner compass and voice are not suppressed. To embody humility in a conflict is to acknowledge that, even if we believe we are right, our view of the situation is partial. Since one of the goals of authentic relating is to train ourselves to mastery in holding both sides of this polarity, we need to develop awareness and skills in each and appreciate both deeply. When looking at a specific polarity, we must also examine the shadow expression of each side. When used in this book, the term shadow means the information that we choose to hide, suppress, or deny. Those parts of ourselves that Carl Jung described as our unconscious aspects. As Jung said, the less the shadow is embodied in the individual's conscious life, the blacker and denser it is. The shadow qualities of dignity and humility are posturing and collapsing, respectively. These are primary defense mechanisms we employ to handle fear or threat of any kind. We either expand or contract. We either posture to make ourselves seem bigger or we collapse and negate ourselves in some way. Posturing might look like becoming rigid to protect our sense of self. We puff up to intimidate others by becoming aloof or untouchable. On the whole, This defense mechanism leaves others feeling like we are inauthentic or untrustworthy. But when we pause to feel this defensiveness in ourselves or others, we can't help but also sense the insecurity underneath. Collapsing might look like making ourselves smaller or suppressing our voice as a strategy to avoid making waves with others. An inner voice quietly insists, don't rock the boat. So we collapse in small ways and acquiesce to others. Collapsing and discounting ourselves is a tactic that can become so habitual, we cease to even notice it. Waking up to all the patterns of posture and collapse we play out with people in our lives can be quite humbling. The truth is that we all do this. We all experience adversity. We all feel fear. And as a result, sometimes we posture. In other moments, we collapse by saying nothing or apologizing. These patterns exist to hide our vulnerability. Ironically, this is exactly the perfect starting point for being authentic. Authenticity means including all parts of ourselves, even the ones that hide our insecurities. Each time we reveal a part of us that we would normally put a mask over, we take a big step toward living a more authentic life. The shadow points the way to the gift. By recognizing patterns of posture and collapse, we teach ourselves to be more dignified and humble. And this is essential for leading an authentic life. By practicing this polarity, we may even be able to stretch our inclusivity toward the other 8 billion humans out there. Fortunately, we don't need to lose our dignity to do so. In fact, it's essential that we don't. Authentic relating as a polarity. Our authentic expression is a powerful force, but one sometimes seemingly at odds with the sensitivity required to be in relationship with others. Think of a two-year-old authentically expressing himself through a temper tantrum. It can be overwhelming to witness so much intense energy channeled through such a small body. 
Now imagine an adult weighing five to 10 times as much as that two-year-old behaving in a similar way. Any wonder or compassion you might have had for the toddler would likely be replaced with fear or anger. Tantrums are a type of posturing, and these selfish emotional displays are damaging for adults. Adults who can't control their anger often find themselves making a mess of their relationships. Yet this massive energy is precisely part of what we're trying to harness with AR. If enough of us can learn to channel our emotions into direct, peaceful action and communication, we can ultimately form thriving and healthy communities. Of course, we can't just go around saying everything that comes into our minds. Sharing our authentic truth is done in relation to other people. We must take into account both authenticity and respect for the other people involved. We speak our truth with respect, and then we check in with others and get their world, explore their perspectives about how what we shared was received. Forgetting either side of this self-group polarity can get us into trouble. Our ability to balance the two will have a direct impact on the level of fulfilling connection in our relationships and therefore the overall health of our communities. So that's the end of chapter one. Chapter two is called embodiment. I'm going to read that next time. And the quote at the beginning is so juicy. It says, um, knowledge is just a rumor until it lives in the muscle, which is a saying from Papua New Guinea. This I believe to be true. I'm a massage therapist and an energy therapist and a yoga instructor and I found personally in my life any therapies that I have um, utilized to heal mental emotional issues if they're uh, just related to the mind and not connecting to the body they're practically worthless (laughs) if you go through the body to uh, release tensions and restrictions and to re-educate and to work with the neuroplasticity of the brain. Uh, It's so much more effective. So I love that. Knowledge is just a rumor until it lives in the muscle. So hopefully that was juicy stuff for you today. Hopefully it's uh, something to play around with in your life a little bit. Uh, If you want to reach out, We do have an email address, me and the pod squad. Um, We have an Instagram account too. It's Podjectivity Squad on Instagram. And our email is podjectivity at gmail.com. And we haven't given it out much, uh, but it's there. So if you have something to say or something you want to hear, um, either between this podcast, which is Growing Beyond, or the other podcast that I described earlier, Solving Everything, please reach out to us, and uh, we want to hear from you. All right, everybody, have a great rest of your day.